Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio with me, Dr. Poppy Gibson, on this fine Friday. I do apologise, I am so full of cold this week. Are you? I don't know whether you've um, been feeling the germs this week, whether your school's been filled with the germs this week, but um, I have caught it. I don't know whether I should blame my university students uh, I'm scowling through the radio at them um but I am certainly full of germs today so I do apologize for my slightly uh cold filled uh voice but the good news is I don't think cold germs can travel through the radio so you should be safe uh, but if like me you have been feeling poorly as well I do wish you all the best and hopefully you're tucked up listening to Teachers Talk Radio on this Friday morning or whenever you listen back if you are listening back um, and you can enjoy the next hour as we bring you two absolutely incredible guests to talk to you today and I'll be asking them to introduce themselves in a minute. But before we begin, um, welcome, welcome. And our topic today is creativity and two absolutely fantastic guests coming along today to talk to you about creativity and their own personal views on creativity in our schools. Um, it must be a Friday miracle because they're both here in the studio ready and waiting. So this is just firstly wonderful. Um, obviously, we choose a very good quality of guest here on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, so without further ado, good morning, Luke, and good morning, Adele. Good morning. And I can hear you both. <laughs> you, you've both made me so happy this morning. Thank you. <laughs> uh, welcome, welcome, and welcome from all of our listeners. I can see we've got lots of people listening live on Podbean, lots of you listening live through the website. Good morning, good morning. Um, we have got Mr. Talmadge, a head teacher, and Mrs. Darlington, an art guru, here to talk to us about creativity. So I think um, it will serve best, as they're both such incredible people, for me to hand over to them and give them a bit of space to tell you about them, about their career journey, and up to today and their current role. So let's start with you, Luke. Let's hear all about you, please. Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's firstly, it's a real privilege to be on this radio show and then later the podcast to talk a bit about myself and about Manacore and the school that we have created and the community that we've created for the nearly nearly 420 children that are in the school. Wow. So a little bit about myself, Poppy, you've asked me to, to share. Um, I started my career in 2024. I was actually a secondary, or I am a secondary historian by trade, so my PGC is in secondary history. I taught at the secondary school that I went to as a child or in the teenage years and did my um, key stage three, GCSEs and A-levels. I taught their humanities, so a bit of history, a bit of geography, a bit of RE for, for two years, and all the way up to all the way up to A-levels. And then I left Hollywood School or Hollywood Academy in charge and went to my first primary school to become a year four teacher. And so I was at Preston Primary School in Yeovil for about six years. So I started off as a year four teacher, didn't have any primary experience when I started as a a primary school teacher and then worked myself up under the tutelage of my, my current boss still, the CEO of the trust I worked for, Bernie Green, for six years to become assistant head. At the age of 32, I was seconded to go and work on the Hamper State in Bridgewater, which was in quite a tough, tough catchment area. I had 60% entitlement to pupil premium. Wow. The school had never been judged as a good school. It was one of Mr. Gabe's schools, 250 schools that he was going to force to be an academy. And within two years of it converting, we became a good school. 
despite some of those difficulties. And then um, in wow. 2017, I left Hamp in Bridgewater to go to be the head teacher of Manacourt School, which was the school that I went to as a child. So I've got a lot of investment in this community. Thankfully, for me, probably wasn't always the most studious of children. None of the teachers who I was taught by um, <laughs> here, which is good. There was, a, there was a lunchtime supervisor who said on the first day, oh, I remember that cheeky smile and that glint in your eye. And so I've been here for seven years in April, and it is just a very vibrant, exciting place to be. And we've got 47% um, entitlements to pupil premium. We've got 15 languages, apart from English spoken in our school. And it is just a wonderful place. We do Ofsted now any day, but we are counting down the days for them to come in because we feel we're ready. Um, we got our first good judgment in 2019, which is the first time in two decades that the school had been classed as good in the eyes wow. of the inspectorate. So we've school has been on the journey, but the staff are committed. I work with some lovely, incredible people who love to be creative. They have high expectations and been a wonderful place and we're, we're a school that now supports lots of other schools in Somerset and Devon and Gloucester and we're just a school that is vibrant and it's amazing to be able to speak to you a little bit about what we do and what we've done and what we're going to do in the future today. Wow my goodness well thank you Luke for sharing um, firstly your story and how amazing you've come full circle back to be head at the school where you went as a child I love that story. Yeah I walked past the house that I lived until I was about four every morning and so I took wow. my dad to the House of the Parliament last year and we, we joke about the fact that we, he was walking to me to school again so I'm pretty sure we'd like that. <laughs> That's the kind of joke that never gets old, I love that. <laughs> well, oh gosh, I've got so many questions already, I've got so many questions. Um, Luke, amazing, thank you, welcome everyone, that is Luke Talmadge, head teacher, um, who is going to be talking to us more about creativity in his school but shout out to any of uh, the staff at the school if you're listening, um, if anyone's listening live you can type questions live on the Podbean chat if you're listening back, unfortunately not but thank you Luke, right, I've, I've already written down about a million questions to ask you in a minute but thank you and I also wrote down 15 languages spoken in your school apart from English. Yeah, it, it really is incredible. People think Somerset is not um, having a lot of EAL communities, predominantly Portuguese and Polish families, and they are our most um, well, lovely children. They're most academic achieving. They really buy into the creativity that we do. We've got children from Brazil. We've got children from Lithuania, children from Sri Lanka, and they all come because of the amazing support that um, Sonia Gomez, our EAL teacher, provides for them, but also Wonderful. Mr. Allen, my deputy, it's a great place. So wonderful. Sounds a really inclusive space you've got there, Luke. Thank you so much. Um, so let's now go over to introduce our second special guest. Uh, good morning, Adele. Let me just... Hi, Adele. Hi, Poppy. How are you? <laughs> I'm just so happy you're here, firstly. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm actually really nervous. This is my first radio experience, so... Oh, yeah. well, welcome. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll, I'll make it not too painful for you this morning. Hopefully. You're not too scary, are you? I'm not, I promise. <laughs> but um, Adele, I mean, you're too amazing to even fit into the hour show, but maybe you can begin by, just as Luke did, tell us about your journey, your career journey, and, and up to kind of what you're doing in present day, please. Okay, well, my teaching career started in the year 2000 which is a little bit scary when you think how many years have gone by since then. Um, I started teaching at a lovely little primary school local to where I live. Um, 
in 2000 and I stayed there until just before Christmas last year so until 2023 so I spent the whole of my teaching career in the same lovely school I mean I was so happy there I had no reason to leave um wow obviously my job role changed while I was there I started obviously as an NQT as we're recording those days um in a year one classroom I spent most of my years there teaching um key stage one uh, I taught early years for about the last four years, I think, of my time there. Um, I had my three children go through the school there as well. I taught all three of them, which um, was interesting, but it was lovely too. I've got really fond memories of that. Um, yeah, a lovely, lovely community school. Because um, I was there so long as well, I also taught sort of different generations of the same family, which is is great for making you feel old. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. So I obviously was a class teacher to start with. Then I took on various leadership roles, obviously art and design lead for quite a lot of my career there. Um, I was on the SLT as well. Um, yeah, it's just a lovely school. Um, I made the decision to leave just before Christmas because I was doing a lot of art support in other schools. Mm-hmm. The trust I work in that really sort of valued the arts and and... I developed a curriculum for the whole trust, um, a whole art curriculum. Um, And yeah, just one thing led to another. I had schools contacting me, asking me for support and creating a lot of content for um, other companies as well with regards to teaching resources. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and it just got a bit too much to to juggle that side of things as well as my teaching career. So I I made the decision, very, very difficult decision Mm -hmm. to to leave the school just before Christmas. I I cried a lot. There were a lot of tears. Um, Yeah, because it was like a family to me. It was such a lovely school and and it meant more than just, it was more than just a job really. So Mm -hmm. I've kind of settled into it now though. I've done about five or six weeks working for myself now. And so yeah, I I work as a primary art consultant so going into different schools, I'm currently writing a couple of books and wow. art, art curriculums and just articles for teaching magazines and stuff. So I'm very busy, but uh, it's a bit strange going from a very lively classroom into your own house. <laughs> it's yeah. quiet here. So, yeah, I spend a lot of time now working at home, which has taken getting used to. I think that's the biggest adjustment, really, sort of the missing the, the children and the, yeah, the, the people that I worked with. Wow, so a big change, and so mm. recently, so yes, raw yeah. and fresh. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe this will be a bit of therapy for you today, Adele, to talk through those feelings with us and our listeners. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, interesting, <clears throat> I wonder, when, when you've been then now going into schools in your art consultancy role, does, does part of you wish you were back in the classroom full-time, or is it quite nice to leave again? How was that feeling? Um, it is quite nice to leave again. I'm, I'm still getting that interaction that you sort of crave as a, as a sociable person, don't. So, um, and my my youngest son still goes to my my old school, so I do still have involvement there. So I still see everybody. But yeah, I, I think um, there's there's always the option, isn't there, to go and do some days of supply and stuff if I if I really feel I need that um, that communication with the children again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. oh wow well firstly thank you also for being brave and anyone listening <laughs> you know see Adele's done it she's yes. <laughs> yeah okay. it, that's it you have to be very brave it was a big big decision and one that I was scared to, to take but I'm glad I took the leap wonderful well we're glad you did too and now you're spreading mm. your expertise and knowledge through your books through your consultancy and actually I remember I met you in the flesh at your own book launch was that yes, last year yeah. 
2022. It was November 22. Oh my goodness. Mm. So we're talking a year and a half, but the reason why I'm so happy you're here as well is just, I love everything about you just screams passion for creativity, passion for teaching. So that's why you're both, in case you were both wondering why I've reached out to you, <laughs> it's because you are both passionate, passionate educators. So without further ado, um, I'm quite excited because I have never actually had two guests at the same time. So I'm also a bit nervous, <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, I've got a list of questions and kind of as we go through, either of you feel free to pick it up. Um, you might want to both comment on a question or we can just move on or we can totally go off script as well. So whatever you want to do. Um, but as well, I can see we've got lots of listeners listening live, so they will be typing things in the chat and um, I'll try and share some of them towards the end of the show. So let's begin then. First question and feel free, either of you who, um, who want to join in, you're both unmuted. My first question, how does a leader or teacher demonstrate creativity in the day-to-day -day. okay so i might start this one i'm just noticing the chat somebody's mentioned uh, sir ken robinson who i think really was an inspiration to many educators i know he was for me before he he passed away but he said and one of his famous quotes to realize our true creative potential in our organizations in our schools and in our communities we need to think differently about ourselves and towards each other we must learn to be creative and i think that goes against a lot of some of the theories and some of the ways that educators have been treated in, in britain and maybe other countries in the early 21st centuries but teachers leaders to demonstrate creativity they need to be brave they need to go against some of those areas of accountability working within them of course because that's what they're judged for them but i say is it possible to be brave is it possible to be creative i say say yes the best mm -hmm. teachers that i've had the privilege to work with um, to work on side to lead I've been a little bit maverick in what their approach to this they're not disorganized I've been to one of my teachers today he's highly creative but she's not unplanned but she's knowledge all about but the process of getting the children there in all their subjects so they can be creative without a doubt they can demonstrate this on a daily basis but they need to really adapt that approach within the schools and also their individual classrooms mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great. Thank you, Luke. That was an excellent start there. Adele, did you want to build on that about how teachers can find that creativity day to day? Um, I think it's just it being confident in your ability as a teacher to sometimes go off piste a little bit because I think we are so um, we panic about fitting everything in, don't we? And that can kind of take the creativity out of your day to day working. But I think it's it comes with being brave and confident, like Luke said, and and just taking risks sometimes. Yeah, to be passionate as well mm. about what you're teaching in the subject. Definitely. And I think you both sound like risk takers already. So <laughs> clearly this is why, you know, you're drawn, you're drawn to um, that both through, you know, the, the challenges and, and the risks you've taken in your careers. Fantastic. Um, so the next question then leads me quite nicely to the next question I want to ask you. Um, what do you think a creative school or classroom looks like do you think you can tell a school or classroom is creative as, as soon as you step inside yeah yeah i think you can if i'll start with this one luke if you don't mind i think there are certain schools on there that when you step inside you can immediately feel that warmth and that creativity um first of all perhaps with the things that you see on the walls i know there's a lot of um, discussion and about displays and stuff aren't there but i think especially with my art hat on 
we create art to be celebrated and displayed and sometimes you go into schools and you can see that so you know immediately that the 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 arts are valued in that school and creativity and i think also in having conversations with the children and those children that will will talk and well you can just feel it can't you i can't i don't know how to put it into words but the responses of children and the work that they produce how they're individual and not sort of following each other and copying and and just doing what they're told they've got that extra bit of flair mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i, agree I love that yeah for the schools i work in with the somerset local authority those that are creative are vibrant they're engaging they're, they're risk-taking as well they've got high expectations in everything that they do they really want them to be the best that they can be and i, I really step ill you can sense it when you walk around schools those that are creative those that have got that desire to get the best out of their children in every subject, especially the arts. Yeah, definitely. I love that. So clearly what you're both saying is it's more than just seeing creativity as like a good art lesson. It's something something bigger than that. And and I remember because I was a primary school teacher for 11 years, I it never quite sat with me how a lot of the art we did, all of the art we did was them having to copy exactly a model and I do also see sometimes you're learning about an artist you do want to be trying to show that skill you know pointillism or whatever Mm. but you know when when every picture is almost like a print (laughs) copy there's there's Mm. no individuality I don't know Mm. like what what do you both feel about that particularly maybe Adele because I know you you have your amazing books about art lessons like mm. is it is it important we all learn the skill first so it would be normal all the art would look the same or how do you feel about uh, that? I think when it comes to um, an art curriculum you need to have a happy balance of of the teaching of skills but also giving the children the freedom and creativity to apply them in a way that they want to so you would sort of teach the children about artists but not then expect them to create carbon copies and sort of, I call it painting by numbers, you know, you paint this bit here, you paint that bit there. Um, I think it's important to do both, but there are certain elements of the art curriculum that do need to be taught. Obviously, if children are going to be given that freedom and creativity to work as independent artists, they still need to have been taught certain skills that they can then draw on and have their own sort of toolkit to draw on to create their own artwork. No, def- definitely, definitely. And I think maybe then you're right, it's about that that balance. Mm. Um, but interesting point that you say that you've both kind of touched on that actually it's something about the, the child's personality that will grow through the creativity because I remember one of the things I got, um, I will say told off actually, one of the things I got told off for when I was a primary school teacher was um, there was a head teacher, I won't name the school or the teacher, but there was a, a deputy head who we, we didn't really see eye to eye and she'd always stick her head in my door and say, oh, it's a bit noisy in here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she yeah. did it every single day. It used to drive me mad because I was like, they're communicating. They're like exploring mm. ideas. And, and I do think to have a creative space, you do need noise. What do yeah. you think? Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah, when you're in an art lesson, I, I like the children to be talking. They're they're articulating their ideas. They're explaining what they're doing. They're exploring, mm-hmm. and also it's nice for them to to magpie ideas off their off their peers when they're working. You know, what what's happening? What are you doing? Oh, I want to try that. You know, give the children the opportunity to to explore and develop in that way as well. Okay, good. Well, you made me feel better about myself, Adele. <laughs> Luke, did you have something to add there, Luke? Yeah, I was going to say that's when the best learning happens, when there's purposeful talk, when the children are supporting each other, looking at their ideas, magpieing ideas, as we say in education. That's when the best work in creative subjects or maths when it's been taught creatively, that is when 
the children will learn their best. So I, I totally disagree with that depth your head. Classroom <laughs> should not be quiet places. Yeah. <laughs> well, safe to say, um, I actually only stayed at that school for one term. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't for me. Unlike you, Adele, I I love hearing that you're at the same school. Did you say twenty three years? Yes. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Mm. Like, obviously, it was a good fit for you. But yeah, another thing for all my my trainee teachers and teachers listening, some schools are not a good fit for you. Mm. So equally, move on if, if yeah. you be. But um, thank you both. So my next question, because particularly for my students that I know are listening, who say they are not creative, I want to ask your both expert opinion. Can anyone be creative? I think anyone can learn to to have more creativity, perhaps in their. I can't think. What, I don't know the word I'm, I'm trying to get to, but I think some for some people it's more natural the creativity. But I think you can learn to be brave, and take risks. I think it it comes down to a lot of confidence. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that, um, Adele. I was I am not the most creative of teachers I, I remember joining my first primary school as somebody just come from two years of teaching humanities and i used to shy away from the dt the art the music lessons i'd always give it to my partner teacher to do and i take what i perceive to be more, more safe subjects of humanities <laughs> and then, then one moment one day she was not in and i was like given the task of finishing this art project with the year four children who were all more talented in art than i was so we had to we had to learn step by step but it kind of liberated me as well because my planning mm. became a bit more liberating, a bit more freer at that time. And we just used more creative opportunities within within the lessons. I remember one year I started dressing up as Henry VIII and purchased a <laughs> costume for one of our Tudor history lessons. And the I used to bang on my classroom door and I used to do this grand opening of the door and the children would, would interview me. And that was probably, I'd like to think, if I ever saw those children who are the young adults now, that they would... So that was probably my favourite lesson in your classroom, Mr. Talmadge, because you, know, I, you brought the learning in a creative way apart. But I wouldn't have done that when I first became a, a primary teacher. So I think it's something you can learn. I think it's, for me, I probably am more creative than I ever was, but it's definitely something you can learn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. And so back to what we were, we were saying at the start, it's about taking a risk and about attitude as much much as it is just thinking that you can draw or not right mm, yeah um luke i think we also need photographs of um henry the eighth please can you <laughs> okay, dig some I'll out <laughs> i'm really sad i didn't have that for the the promo team to put on the flyer for this radio <laughs> show today <laughs> um yeah so to all my students listening then there you go anyone can be creative it's bigger than thinking you can or cannot draw uh, because honestly, sometimes I'll, I'll tell them, like, try and approach this in a creative way. And I think their barriers are up maybe from, mm. you know, when they've had negative experiences, perhaps at school, thinking they're not creative or or sometimes, you know, seeing people who we would say are very creative, whatever that means to us. So, yeah. So, and, and when you think about it, creativity is different in different people, isn't it? So and not comparing yourselves to others, because what? what one person has a strength in is different to another person so I think we can all be creative but deliver different aspects of creativity Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah definitely and something Mm. there isn't there about creative thinking which Mm. 
you know, as as the robots start to um, infiltrate, well, continue to infiltrate our daily lives and do jobs for us, the one thing we we will have as humans is our human creativity, isn't it? That's the one thing mm. they can't do. So is is work in the way that our brains do. So yeah. we do need more creative thinking and and like you say, Adele, not being afraid to approach things in a different way for it to look different to how mm. other people do it. Um, oh, my, look, guys, you were nervous, but we're already halfway through the show. <laughs> so a little bit sad already. Time, time flies when you're having fun. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> we're all doing fine. And we've got, I must just point out, I don't know if either of you are reading the Podbean chat currently, but we've got all the listeners saying hello to each other. Oh. I'm loving this today. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. We do have the best listeners here at Teachers Talk Radio. Um, what we'll do, let's ask one more question and then hopefully we will take our news break. So the next question that I have for you both, um, and also thank you both for being so gracious and making this work with two guests. I'm very, very <laughs> thankful. Um, the next question I'm going to ask question for, how can we support children to understand creativity and how they can be creative because I also feel like as adults we're still understanding that mm. term have you got any thoughts on that uh, I I when I was teaching I used to try and model the creative process during lessons with my children so yeah. if they're working in sketch if they're working in sketchbooks I had a teacher sketchbook so you can model the thinking process sometimes I used to to make up scenarios so have difficulty with subject and some a particular subject and and talk myself through it with the children's just to show them that things don't happen perfectly straight away. You have to keep thinking, you have to keep refining and developing. So I think it is, it's modeling for the children, that creative process as well. Yeah, I love um, that. I love that role modeling, Luke. Hmm. I, I strongly believe everyone's creative in some form. It can be taught, it can be developed, it can be improved. We've got a fantastic art teacher here called Janet Morton. She's leads CPD across our trust a bit like Adele does in her mat as well and she, the children would openly say that their, her lessons were our favourites because she, they take a sense of pride in their achievements but she's she's taken their work step by step to get to the end point but she doesn't allow their creativity to be dulled at all so she's coaxing it out of them every step of the way so that engages them they're taking pride in their work because Janet and all the other teachers who teach art in our school have been taught to bring that out to develop it step by step which is something I didn't realise 20 odd years ago when I became a primary school is math is quite formulaic isn't it you can teach it step by step but that's the same with some of the art skills mm -hmm. that the children have to be taught and then give them the freedom to, to work out mm -hmm. what they want to be creative in and the areas they want do they want to write a rap do they want to write poems and all those other areas yeah. to do their best yeah I agree in celebrating all of the children's achievements as well and their differences and uniqueness. Yeah. So last week ago, you might have seen this when I emailed, we, we had a whole school art exhibition in the local town hall where the children from the preschool, so two years old, all the way through to 11, produced a piece of artwork which was demonstrating their own creativity. And 600 people from the community came to, to see wow. their public exhibit mm. in the town hall, which it was all based on Monet's work this year. But work is such such beauty if you haven't checked our school out on facebook really do have a look at the work because some of the work the year one children in particular did i couldn't even do that myself but that was <laughs> wow. our creativity yeah. wow i love that but also luke i think you're right those year ones obviously are very creative but back to what Adele was saying it probably came from whoever the art teacher or art teachers were doing that excellent role modeling right mm. so that they could step then step. use that scaffold to create their own beautiful monet 
artwork. We, well, we'll have to all jump onto socials and try and dig out some photos. <laughs> but um, really amazing to hear that, you know, how you're both just in, inspiring those around you. Um, what we're going to do, we're, I'm going to see, hopefully play the news and we'll be back with you in six minutes time. Don't go away, guys. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, publishing professional development books and resources to support great teaching and learning in schools around the world. Have you checked out their latest releases? Use the code JCTTR2324 for 20% off your order. Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Introducing Eton X from Eton College, a diverse range of quality online courses enabling young people to aspire and excel. Designed for self-study, these web-based courses empower your students with essential leadership, communication and academic skills for success at school and beyond. Our study skills course sharpens their learning abilities, while the AI Fundamentals course equips them with vital digital know-how in a fast-changing world. Other popular courses include verbal communication, critical thinking, writing skills, resilience, creative problem solving, and many more. Offer the Eaton X curriculum in your school for free. Visit eatonx.com to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. A £1,000 cash incentive and a campaign to raise the profile of childcare workers in England has been launched as part of a recruitment drive. According to the BBC, thousands of extra nursery workers and childminders are needed as the government plan to expand funded hours begins. The Department for Education says that more than 100,000 working parents of two-year-olds have already registered for the April rollout. However, Early years charities say the campaign to recruit is too late. By September 2025, all eligible preschool children of working parents from the age of nine months will be able to access 30 hours of term time childcare. Research suggests that the number of childcare providers is currently falling as childminders leave the role, although the number of places remains roughly stable. Data suggests that almost 28,000 early years specialists will be needed to meet the rise in demand, an expansion of 8%. The BBC also reports that staff at Scotland's exam body will take strike action at the end of February over a pay dispute. Around 400 workers will stage two 24-hour stoppages, and the action will also include an overtime ban, a ban on weekend working, and a ban on accruing time off in lieu. The union said the industrial action would have a major impact on the SQA's ability to prepare for exam season. But the SQA itself said it had contingency plans in place and that the strike would not have any impact at all. The Herald in Scotland also reports on calls from some quarters to raise the school starting age. A motion filed by the Glasgow Kelvin MSP calls for a national conversation on early years education and argues that a new approach could help tackle Scotland's long-standing educational attainment gap. The proposal to raise the starting age secured cross-party support in less than 24 hours. 
It's not the first time that the SNP have called for an increase in the starting age for pupils, but with recent concerns that the school system in Scotland is not helping to close the gap between disadvantaged pupils and their non-disadvantaged peers, the plans have appeared again. Under the plans, children would start school at six rather than four or five, and a kindergarten stage for three to six-year-olds would be introduced, increasing the amount of early years education by 12 months, replacing primary one. The kindergarten stage would focus on learning through play, Full details of the proposal can be read online in a variety of media outlets. Finally, Schools Week covers demands from the University of Cambridge to delay the new teacher training framework. The University has said it lacks confidence in the new framework and suggests a delay of at least a year. The initial teacher training and early career framework or ITT-ECF was unveiled by the Department for Education at the start of February. The ITT-ECF will combine and replace the currently separate ITT core content and the ECF from September 2025. The University called for the change to be implemented no sooner than September 2026, if at all. This would allow for further consultation, it says, and revision as the new framework was just a tweak on the current one and was a wasted opportunity. The education faculty at Cambridge also claims that the framework sets unclear and contradictory objectives for ITT providers. In the longer term, the university says a framework should be developed and led by a non-party political cross-sector expert team. The new framework has already divided opinions in the school's community and many have taken to social media to express concerns. The Department for Education have declined to comment. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Welcome back everyone, welcome back. Hopefully you enjoyed our news break there. Um, lots of very interesting things are going on. And we're back with two incredible guests. We've got Mr. Talmadge here um, from Manacourt Community Primary and we've got Mrs. Dahl, as you may know her, Mrs. Darlington Adele is here. Um, and we are chatting through all things creativity. Welcome back, Luke and Adele. Hello. <laughs> Yay, I didn't lose you, good. You didn't run for the hills in the news break. <laughs> Actually, the opposite. And anyone listening live, you'll see that um, I'm going to I'm going to hold them to the idea of this. We've got Luke considering a school radio. We've got Adele considering her own radio show. So manifest, manifest. (laughs) Um, One day. Oh, sorry, Luke. I just said one day, maybe. One day. Okay, that's good enough for me. That's good enough. Uh, Add it to the list that I'm sure you've got, Luke. (laughs) <laughs> a short list is it Luke? yes <laughs> always short yeah as long as my arm <laughs> um so before the break those of you that were here listening live and welcome welcome we were talking about what is creativity can we tell a school is creative just by stepping in um and it reminded me of of two not horror stories actually two stories that i want to share with luke and adele to get their opinion on whether they're creative or not um I've got one from primary school, one from secondary, and then maybe Luke and Adele, you can share a memory after I share. Um, I'd love to hear, is there an art lesson or a creative moment, not necessarily art, because we must remember creativity isn't just art based. Um, maybe that you can both share from your own school experience. But for me, okay, 
one that haunts me from primary school I remember it was a dance dance lesson and the teacher played Blue Monday by New Order. I'm sure some of our listeners might know this song. And they put us into groups of five and we had, I think, six weeks to, in our group, come up with a dance sequence to Blue Monday, like totally with no scaffolding. And still now when I, it's almost like Clockwork Orange, when I hear Blue Monday, I'm taken (laughs) back being like an eight-year-old wearing a leotard doing my steps in this dance routine in the hall that smelled of cheesy feet. So what was that creative? I remember my teacher saying our sequence was very creative. And then my second story, I'm I'm also haunted by this from secondary school where we were doing cookery and we were all told we were going to be creative, making our own pizza and our own choice of toppings. And we'd all had to come prepared. Um, we must have been year eight or nine. So maybe I was about 14. Um, we had to bring our own creative toppings. And the teacher brought everything to make the dough base and we've had to bring toppings. Um, I can't remember what I had, but the the point of the story I want to share is I remember there were two boys who had forgotten to bring creative toppings or any toppings. So they went to the the school um, snack shack and they bought a bar of um, chocolate and a (laughs) cheese string. Other cheese products are available. And they (laughs) ended up uh, obviously pretending to the teacher that this was their creative um, idea and they made a cheese and chocolate pizza. (laughs) And again, I'm still very triggered when I see cheese products. Uh, It does take me back to to seeing them make and then have to eat and, uh, and, you know, evaluate their pizza. What do you both think of these memories? Are these, were these creative experiences that that I was offered in the classroom? (laughs) Yeah, I think they were. I mean, your dance sequence to be given five weeks, that seems a pretty long time, doesn't it, to master a dance dance sequence. But uh, I guess if you were in a group of people that were dancers, maybe, then you're probably a a nicer experience than a group who perhaps lacked a bit of creativity and confidence in dance. Yeah. Well, were you a dancer, Poppy? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> I, I can confirm, no. <laughs> yeah. And what, what about like... the, the toppings on the pizza? Was it was this a creative? In your yeah. Opinion? If you're allowed to bring in your own toppings, and and that's giving that freedom, isn't it, to the children? I rem- I mean, I remember at secondary school, we weren't given that freedom. We were given the recipes to, and I remember making an awful courgette crumble. Oh no! Um, Wait, yeah. what? Why is that a thing? I don't yeah. know, but I've never made it since, and I don't think my family <laughs> ate it for dinner either. <laughs> Adele would not recommend. <laughs> no, no, don't cook a courgette crumble. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, just before we crack on with my questions, have either of you got um, either a really positive or, or you know, not so positive memory of a, of something creative from your own school experience? Anything that stands um, out? I'll go with a non-positive experience. So the traditional nativity, I was probably in what's now called year two. Um, nobody wanted to have the part, the leading part of the angel Gabriel at that time. I'm now grey. The, the teachers say my hair glistens of tinsel whenever they think it's just grey and white. I think that's been <laughs> a, an educator. At that time, I was very blonde. And my dad persuaded me to take the role of the angel Gabriel because obviously Gabriel is a male angel. And I was on the stage, I had one particular line to say, and one of my friends at the back of the, behind me, he shoved me. And I apparently I did the most amazing flapping of my wings to stay on the stage. And so that wasn't the best experience of being creative. So maybe that's why I went into my shell after that. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, when I was at school, I was incredibly shy. And you saying about flapping your wings, I remember 
being very proud in one of our school plays, I was a non-speaking blackbird. That was my my the <laughs> title of my character, the non-speaking blackbird. Um, so yeah, I didn't really enjoy um, performing when I was at school. Uh, I did enjoy art, um, but uh, another negative experience. I remember we were doing cross stitch when I must have been about year year what would be year four or five now. I remember we used to use Hessian, no, not Hessian, what was it called? The the Binker fabric and you used to embroider on it and cross stitch. I remember doing that and spending hours one afternoon on this um this this lovely bit of embroidery and then I stood up and I'd sewn it to my skirt. <laughs> so it had to be cut off me and I had to start it again. So yeah. Oh was no, like, it it wasn't it wasn't salvageable. No, it had, no. It was oh, a creative disaster. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you both. Wow. How interesting. But also, I love how Luke said that was the end of his, you know, performing debut. Says someone who's the head teacher of a school. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, put yourself back out there, I'm afraid, Luke. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> uh, right. Thank you both for sharing that. And um, yeah, it's really interesting to hear those those things, because it's so amazing, isn't it? When you think how how many days we attended school, how many years, and yet there, there's just a sprinkle of things we can really remember and hold mm. on to. And it always fascinates me what people drudge up from their uh, from their lives. I, I often say when I do wellbeing talks that think think of yourself as a fishing net, and as you go through life, you'll kind of catch things, some good, not so good, in your in your mm. fishing net of life. So it's really interesting. Thank you both. I do appreciate you sharing. Um, so shockingly we've got 19 minutes left. So I'm just looking at my list of questions. Mm -hmm. Right, my next question. I wonder, we were talking before the break about how can we support children to understand creativity and Adele mentioned it's important to have a a good role model. And I love the idea you were saying that you even as a teacher had a teacher sketchbook. I think that's wonderful. But I'm sure we've all come across children who, or, or teachers who say they're not creative. I wonder how can we challenge that mindset um, particularly not just where they say they're not creative, but when they say, I'm not good at maths, I'm not good at something. How? What do you both think about that? How do you do that? So in our school, we we have an understanding of Carol Dweck's work on mindsets. You know, we have the concept mm-hmm. of fixed or growth mm-hmm. mindsets. Educators will have an awareness, I believe, if they're skilled or whether they're learning, it's about the power of our words to encourage or discourage children in their mindsets. Simple encouragements, providing their skills and giving more opportunities will bring about change. A word that I like to say in response to children when they say, I can't do this, I'm not good at this, it's just that simple word yet. So in response mm. to the children's statements, such as I'm not good at fractions and maths, I would always say, you may feel that you're not good at fractions yet, but you're improving. Just really building building their self-esteem in that areas. And that's the same, I believe, in areas of more creativity in maths. They might say, I'm English, sorry, I'm or art, they may not be happy with that. We'd we'd often say, not yet. Love that. that. A simple three-letter word. I love that just to to shape your mindset. That's brilliant, Luke. Thank you. Uh, And with with children, I think really early on, it's important to show them that anybody can be an artist as well. Obviously, I'm talking with my art hat on again here, but um, even showing those early years children that art can look so different. It comes in so many different shapes and forms and and that anybody can be an artist if you can write your name you you could well drawing is just is making marks on paper isn't it if you can make a dot yes. if you can write your name you can draw so yeah just instilling that mindset early on that art is individual and, and we're all to be valued 
I love that. I love that. And coming back to what you both opened with, the fact that creativity isn't just about what's on the paper. It's about the attitude and the confidence. Mm, And the story that goes with it. Mm. The story. I love that. Really good advice. Thank Mm. you both. Um, So I wonder then, the, the bigger picture what effect do you think um, has it been from from having more creativity and a more awareness of creativity in our classrooms? What effect does it have on on staff, on our parents and carers, on the wider community? Like, does it have an effect, and can this impact be measured? It's a difficult oh, it's one to measure. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, you can feel that the buzz and excitement, that creativity you know, never knowing what to expect. And you get involvement from parents when you do things a little bit different. And it just, it, it adds to such excitement and, and the children being really keen to come into school and to learn and to, to take part in things. Yeah, Poppy, for me, this is something that I am just incredibly passionate about. My, our school community here, when when we first started working together seven years ago, we were in the bottom 10% nationally for all of the metrics. and we really adopted since COVID and just before COVID a more creative approach. During during the lockdowns, we were creating videos to engage with our children. We were setting them challenges. I dressed up as a French chef one week and set them a challenge to, <laughs> to build baked cakes, which is somewhere on Vimeo. We uh, made paper mache animals and we started something called Chard Safari with a hashtag on all the socials. And it's, it's led to real increased academic achievement creativity in our school. The attendance is now... A, way above national when it was in the bottom 10% seven years ago. Our academic achievement was top 10% nationally, even though we're in the top 10% of deprivation in the whole of the United Kingdom. And I will honestly say to myself, it's the reason why our school is in such a strong place. And we've had 20 children join us over the last four weeks from different schools locally. And that's because of our creative approach. Everything that we do now is about giving opportunities for those children which are creative. So the maths lessons are more creative. The English lessons are more creative. We're even using the outdoor space. One of the one of the challenges we set through videos in lockdown was me starting off a rap challenge, which was hilarious. My deputy head was <laughs> cringing when he was videoing, videoing me. But mm-hmm. we had children making videos. One of them was by a brother and sister, which was basically calling out the prime minister at the time, saying, yo, Boris. And then literally, they, mm-hmm. this is the creativity they were doing at home. But but the children, they now really have creative minds, which I think is part of our success. Mm, creativity. Sorry, creativity transcends boundaries, doesn't it? And it barriers does. that might be in place. You know, you don't have to, you, there's no words with art, are there? You can read the picture. Language doesn't, doesn't factor in that. Yeah, totally agree. Mm, I love that. And, and amazing, you know, for anyone listening, thinking, does it, you know, does it really make a difference? Just to hear you, Luke, saying those statistics, how how your school has improved and how you feel some of that is due to the creative approaches that you've taken. Like, you know, clearly it can have a, a measurable impact then, we think. Without a doubt. We have high expectations in everything we do. So high expectations in the maths, the English work, but also the art work. That, that we have high expectations in everything. Creativity really does make a difference to our children amazing wonderful and I love the thought of them making rap videos and things and I think it's amazing isn't it when you offer those open-ended tasks just to see what what children can come up with because I think often I was actually talking about this to one of my students yesterday when we look at things like SATS assessments where 
we're expecting children to do something in a very particular way, even show they're working out in a very particular way so they get the extra mark. Um, you know, we're we're really putting them in a box there. So I think it's it's always amazing. Like I'm sure when both of you have been on residentials, you know, when you take the children out of the classroom onto a trip or even, you know, a day trip, you just see this other side. And I think for me, that's what I think creativity and open-ended projects look like it's almost like you're taking them out of the classroom of that that box that we've made for them what do you think well i agree you know seeing children giving them opportunities to problem solve to be creative and i think you really see a different side for children and that's what residential is the power of them but also if you can adopt that into your classrooms that will make a difference for the education Amazing. Um, right, we've got one last question from me and then I can see Shola, good morning Shola, has typed a question in the um, chat which we'll come to afterwards. And then, oh my goodness, let me check the time on the studio clock. We've got about 10 minutes left. So, um, and then we'll just end maybe with some final words of advice from Luke and Adele. So the last question from me, um, we've spoken generally today about how creativity benefits our schools and our communities, but it's kind of links to Shola's question I'll ask in a minute. How do you both think creativity can support children who might have anxiety I mean I even see that in my adult learners at university you know they don't always want me to ask them to be creative sometimes they just want to know the answer how does creativity benefit children who might have behavioral difficulties or lacking confidence what do you actually I'll just ask Shola's question now just so we don't overcover it um and and in addition to that Shola has asked what about for students with autism or who are neurodivergent um, and see things in a different way. Thank you, Shayla, for your question. Ca can creativity be accessible by all students? What do you both think? Well, in a simple answer, I would say yes. You know, if the, the children are given those steps that they can to, to achieve, they will achieve in any areas. That, and I like the idea that shows, but people see things differently. So yeah. creativity is an opportunity for that. What, what I think is, creative for myself is totally different from what what adele will believe and what she'll be able to mm. achieve as well so for us I've, we've got a high percentage of sem compared to the national but they are engaging and they're enjoying these opportunities to be creative throughout the curriculum because it also provides enjoyment and engagement mm. from children from yeah, whatever just, standpoint is. you just need those little tweaks don't you in lessons to to cater for all of the learners in your classroom and but yeah, creativity is for everyone. And like Luke just said, it looks different from person to person. Definitely, I love Einstein, that. And I think Einstein said, Einstein said, sorry, I have this note. Creativity yeah, go, Luke, go, go, go. <laughs> creativity is seeing what everyone else has seen and thinking of what no one else has thought. So we all approach it differently. Mm. I love that. And so, yeah, in response to, to Shayla, our listeners' question about seeing things differently, I think you've you've both hit the nail on the head there that we should embrace difference, shouldn't we? Mm. And the fact that I know when we first had our national curriculum in 2014, it was trying to say that, you know, we want to encourage individuality and problem solving, but we might argue we don't always see that being championed, you know, by the assessments we have at the end. But I think what you're both saying is key what we need to do is is foster the confidence in in children to have a go right or for staff to have mm. a go agreed yeah definitely 
I love that. And simply from Luke sharing that I'm, I'm making a list. So we've got Henry the Eighth. you've dressed up as, Angel <laughs> Gabriel. Uh, yeah. What's the one I've missed? A, a chef. <laughs> a chef, yes. A rapper. Um, a rapper. Yeah, funny, funny and staff briefing this morning. We're doing having a parents' uh, careers day, sorry, when we are dressing up as the stereotype. And one of the suggestions was a ballerina. And so they, they looked at me thinking I'm going to be dressed up as a t- in a tutu in about two weeks' time. But I did think that probably would be a safeguarding issue. <laughs> so uh, clearly dressing up is is a theme so uh, do you think we're correct that creativity is also about maybe looking silly like we talked about taking a risk like is there something there in going out of your own comfort zone yeah I guess that's hard I would say so. it's harder for children to do that isn't it going out of their comfort zone because they worry about views of others a bit more than when you become an adult and care mm-hmm. slightly less about that <laughs> yeah no that that is true that is true I am um, one thing I'll, I'll add here because I know some of my students are listening when I went for my interview um at the university where I work at now it was in COVID times actually Luke it was really interesting hearing you reflect how COVID made your school more creative because I had to do um an online interview for my lectureship job and I only had I had a 10 minute presentation And I thought, how can I really sell myself in 10 minutes online? You know, you don't have the human connection of being in the room um, with the panel. So I dressed up as Jean Piaget, who I'm sure you might know (laughs) was a French philosopher um, and psychologist from, you know, the 60s, a lot of his work. So I actually dressed up as Jean Piaget. When I tell my students this, they they look horrified. (laughs) But clearly it worked. And so clearly, you know, we do have to think outside the box sometimes to to meet new challenges. And I'm not saying everyone listening to this should dress up as uh, Jean Piaget when you go for interviews, but um, yeah, I think particularly in education, we shouldn't be afraid, you know, what we look like, if it's gonna inspire someone or catch someone's attention. Sometimes Mm. creativity is doing things a bit differently, isn't it? Yeah. Thinking outside the box is always important. Inside the box. Adele, have you ever dressed up in school? I feel like we haven't covered if you've ever. (laughs) Uh, I have. I've been a mouse on Nursery Rhyme Day. Um, I've dressed up as a medieval princess. We had a a banquet in my classroom. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I have dressed up a few times. Oh, and um, I dressed up as one of the three three little pigs as well for World Book Day. Oh, I love it. All your costumes sound very cute. That's very nice. (laughs) That's my early years side. (laughs) I can see that. That's Actually, though, one thing we've just got a couple of minutes. One thing I want to pick up on is this stifling creativity, because Adele, you mentioned that you dress up for World Book Day as one of the three little pigs Mm -hmm. Um, in some schools. And again, not naming schools, but and I can see why they do it. But instead of letting children dress up as a character, they ask the children to dress up in pajamas and say, Mm -hmm. bring a teddy bear to read to. So my understanding is. I mean, I guess that's to avoid, you know, parents and carers worrying about yeah. costumes. I mean, but but is is that stifling creativity? What do you both can you see the 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 benefits of that, or or do you think that's stifling creativity? What's your opinion? Uh, I can see the benefits of both, especially as a parent, because it can be quite stressful trying to sort out um, costumes for World Book Day, and um, and I guess the the 
the aim of World Book Day is to celebrate books. So it doesn't really matter what you're wearing as long as you are celebrating books, which obviously you should celebrate all year round and not just on World Book Day. But um, having the option to dress in pyjamas was quite, um, I, I quite liked that of course, with my with my mum hat on. <laughs> what do you yeah, think, we Luke? Give the, we give the parents both opportunities for their children because some children mm. don't like dressing up. So if they want yeah. to come in their pyjamas, yeah. they can do. If they would rather come to school in their um, school uniform and bring a book, we we give them the options to do what they want on that mm. sense on World Book Day because we don't want to be forcing children to do something they don't want to do either because they no. don't have the confidence to to dress up. But they might be more comfortable in their pyjamas or their their school uniform and bring a book mm-hmm. or a teddy bear to, to go along with that book. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. That's that's really kind answers from both of you. I think it's just for me because um, when it comes to dressing my children up, I'm an overachiever, and I think oh, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I'll tell you briefly one. So um, when my son, his school did World Book Day, <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this. This is going to put me in a bad light, but I'm going to. T- I've started telling the story now. Um, I dressed him up as no. He wanted. Can I also say he wanted to be this character? He wanted to be um, Willy Wonka from the Chocolate Factory. This is a few years ago. Um, so fine, but then add my own little like you know extra twist. We then um, created thirty golden tickets um, <laughs> with the members of his, of his wow. class. He's, he's here laughing in the background, and then we laminated them. And then on the day, he gave out the thirty golden tickets to each of his classmates. But then he did tell me he saw some in the bin at the end of the day. Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I don't know if he's just telling me that just to spite me. <laughs> I like to think they've all still got them. I mean, they were they doubled up as bookmarks this was the oh good idea yeah, <laughs> yeah very good so you know maybe it's safer maybe pajamas kind of keeps the whole thing as you say Adele mm. focused on books but um yeah. sometimes too much creativity <laughs> um oh my goodness I can't believe we're at the end we've got three minutes so I wonder over to you both maybe um we'll start with Luke first Luke any final words like on on the show on any final words for our listeners about creativity and then we'll come to you Adele so Luke first I just believe we all should embrace it we should just go Mm. with the opportunity to be as creative as we can to to be a bit maverick like I said obviously within the bounds of what you're allowed to do in your school and within the curriculum but there is no reason why creativity shouldn't be in all of our schools to make them vibrant places it's really embrace what the children need in my opinion mm. and, and I'd, I would add just don't be afraid to take risks and be brave if you've got a good idea take it to your SLT give it a go you know just try it out in your classroom and it doesn't always go right does it or doesn't always go well does it but you've got to take those risks in order to to see if things will work or not Mm-hmm. I love that. Such good advice, particularly any of my trainee teachers listening. Take a risk, have a go, because as Luke was saying as well, it's about the children. It's, mm. you know, let let it go that you don't want to be dressed as Henry VIII. Think of the mm. children's experience. And, you know, you could be creating that memory that they remember in 20, mm. 30, 40 years time. And I think that's the beautiful thing about teaching to think you take something you know you give someone that experience that they'll hold forever so oh my goodness it's it's the end of the show thank you to everyone for listening but most of all a huge thank you to Luke and Adele I know you're both so busy have you enjoyed coming on today 
I have, thank you. I was nervous, wasn't I, to start with, but it was actually a lot of fun. So thank you. No disasters. <laughs> good, no, good. And, and Luke, it's been okay? <laughs> yeah, I've loved it. It's been really nice chatting with you and Adele and talking about the great places to Manacle. <laughs> and the dog as well. Where's the dog? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, Nova was just saying she enjoyed the show as well. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> um, so on that note, I wish you both the best weekend thank you for all you do for all the people um that get to meet you and are privileged enough to meet you um and for all our listeners wishing you a wonderful weekend um we will share this as a podcast after it's uh, it finishes today and take care of yourselves i'll be back with you very very soon take care everybody bye thank you bye take care. thank you, thank you bye. for going bye 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 You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.